on today's episode. The most famous one who came was Irving Welsh, who wrote Train Spotting. That was interesting as the kids tried to work out if he was a drug addict. But I went to a restaurant last year and it's, they do a lot of sort of specialities sort of Oaxacan food. And the guy was like, look, we have these bugs, like caterpillars. If what I'm saying is rubbish, just nod, smile, and I'll go on my merry way and I'll feel happy and I will feel like I've achieved something. I'm David Bevis and you're listening to Mexico Over the Wall, a podcast about Mexico from the other side. First off, a bit of news. I was recently interviewed by a previous guest, Rich Varney, on his new podcast, The Rich Varney Show. Go to the show notes for his episode at mexicooverthewall.com slash richrani for more details. Next, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Most of the interviews I upload were recorded before the coronavirus pandemic, as was the case for today's guest. Unfortunately, the audio wasn't really usable, so he very kindly rescheduled at short notice, and some of the interview reflects our new locked-in reality. So, my guest for this episode is Christopher Lockwood. Christopher moved to Mexico from the UK 10 years ago and lives in Oaxaca. I started off by asking him how he ended up in Mexico. Uh, well, I studied in the US. Part of my degree was in the US at Loyola in New Orleans. Um, and during that time, I sort of ventured to Mexico. I, I crossed the border from El Paso to Juarez, now, which is was an, it was interesting. It was the time it was the time of all the um, the killings of the women, um, you know, a really high level, and like people breaking into female refuges and killing all the women. So it was, it was pretty hardcore. Um, so then after that, I went back to the UK. I went to I went to Cambridge to study at Cambridge, and I did a master's degree. And then I was going to do a PhD. And everything was ready. Everything was ready to like rock and roll. And then I thought, you know what? I've not taken a year out. I've never done anything apart from study. I went from high school to undergraduate, from undergraduate to master's degree. I've never done anything in my entire life. I have absolutely no skills. Um, and I also I also studied American literature, which meant I had absolutely no skills. Um, so I thought I would go for a year and I would teach um, English. And I thought, where, 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 where would I like to go? And this job appeared in, in Oaxaca. And I was like, oh, well, I'll go to Oaxaca. I've never been, I've been to Mexico. I've been to Mexico City. I've been to Juarez. But I've never been to Oaxaca. So I should go. I'll go for one year. And that was 10 years ago. Um, and I'm, I'm still here. And what do you do in Mexico? So I work in a, a high school. I am the head of English and head of bilingual education and head of international education. So I teach, I coordinate um, English, the English language teaching. Um, I also teach, I teach English literature and history of art and a bit of modern world history as well in English. Um, I coordinate international travel. I coordinate international university applications um, and, and so on and so forth. I also write some textbooks. Pretty varied. Pretty varied. I, I, like, I like doing things with the students. I like working with students, even though maybe it's not quite so direct as like a teacher would have, but they have lots of direct contact with the kids. I, I mean, I'm in, an, I'm in an office a lot of the day. Um, but I do, I really enjoy like the, the moments I get with the kids and I, and I like working with the kids in general. I like working with the teachers as well. What kind of, uh, activities do you do with the, with the kids? 
Oh, the activities that I organise particularly. So we usually do we do lots of big we do lots of poetry slams. Um, we do lots of um, social projects. For example, um, the kids, for example, wanted to do something with the, we have a big international book festival in Oaxaca. Um, so the kids want to do something. So we organise it that we could bring like a group of kids from the from the mountains um, down to Oaxaca for like a, a literary experience. We try and org- I try and organise lots of writers to come to the school and explain. Um, probably the most famous one who came was Irving Welsh, who wrote Train Spotting. Um, that, that was an, that was interesting as the kids tried to work out if he was a drug addict, uh, and I sort of sat in a corner, sort of head in hands. Like, oh my god, this is not this is not where I wanted this to go. But it was really good. They really they enjoyed reading the book and they enjoyed the conversation with him. Um, and I also do trips. So I, I organise international travel. So we've been. We travel a lot this year, obviously not because of the coronavirus, everything's been put on hold. Um, but we've been to to Russia with the kids and we've been to Hong Kong with the kids. We're back from London. We've been to Africa with the kids as well. We've done lots of North America. Um, so we try, we try and do like a mixture of um, sort of like city type trips, like London, for, London, New York's pretty just straightforward. The kids like it. It's easy for them. And then some more adventure type trips, like trying to find pink dolphins in Hong Kong and crossing the desert in, on camels and stuff like that. So we're trying to do like a mixture. Um, but those, those are the activities that I organize mostly, it's either literary things or um, travel things. What's it like in Oaxaca? Hot. Very, very hot. But the problem is because we're all on this like sort of like month lockdown and classes have been out the last two weeks. I'm well actually well, I'm my third week of being at home. So today is like I'm, I'm really glad you called because 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 we're getting, I'm getting to a point where it's becoming sort of slightly disorientating as I can't leave. It's like where do I go? I mean I've moved from my living room to my bedroom, I've moved from my bedroom to the garden, and it's like now what am I going to do? Um so I'm sort of running out of things, you know. I think that's that's that seems to be the case of a lot of people, the people who are lucky enough in Oaxaca to have a job where they're going to get paid from for working from home or they're going to get paid for not working and just being at home. But I, I mean, just before this call, about sort of three o'clock, I went out to to to, um, to print something, which I shouldn't do, I know. Um, and it's like Oaxaca's message not received. Obviously, a lot of people in Oaxaca have, you know, live day by day. They have also informal work where there's no like, benefits and there's no secure work security no job security so it was like there's tons of traffic tons of people on the street um not what i was expecting i was hoping for a bit more sort of everything a bit more conscient conscientious but not happening i don't know what it's like in mexico city mexico city yeah pretty much the same i think that there's a lot of cars definitely on the streets there's not so many people on the on walking around but yeah there's definitely a lot of people moving around I think I think it's just going to get worse um, because I mean for for, for me because I'm I follow school calendar I have two weeks of vacation commit where there's me no classes and literally nothing to do so I'm predicting to be going crazy. Somebody somebody suggested well you have two options Chris you can either like become like really fit and like muscular and do loads of exercise or you can develop an alcohol problem and I was thinking well oof, I can, the alcohol problem sounds better right now to be honest it is it is a bit like being in prison i guess it's it's really odd because at the beginning i was like well, we should all go home everybody should go home no classes every app let's go home 
And then actually being in that situation, realizing well, how much need we have to go out and how unfulfilling the internet is, um, is, is, is a big, is, is a new thing for me. Uh, I think it must be really, I mean, I mean, here in Oaxaca, we tend to have, people tend to have houses with like gardens. We all have big gardens. Um, but in Mexico City, where there may be like a family with small kids who are trapped inside apartments, that I think would be really difficult. What do you do in your free time? Um, I read a lot. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a novel a day. Um, so I'm, I'm reading a lot more than normal. I, I, I like to read. I like to travel as well. I like to cook. Um, luckily, a lot of things I can do from home. Um, I mean, I really, we, we used to go out for like from Friday afternoon onwards it, until Sunday dinner, it, everything was eating out. There was nothing cooked at home. Um, but obviously there's a lot more cooking at home going on. I mean, I like cooking, um, which is good. So I'm doing a lot of cooking. Um, and yeah, and just something like hanging. I mean, I like, usually I like just relaxing as well. Um, and like being in the city, but right now my relaxation is just trying trying to force myself to read some more pages to waste some more time. Uh, what's Wahakan food like? Wahakan food is really good um, and should be tried by everybody in Oaxaca, not in Mexico City, not in Guadalajara. It has to be tried in Oaxaca. For example, um, like the I don't know your. Torta de Chilaquiles from Mexico City is better in Mexico City than it is in Oaxaca. I think food in, food in Mexico is really regional. I think taking things out of, their, out of its own context is quite difficult. I mean, I know there are restaurants in Los Angeles that have all the quesillo, the queso Oaxaca, flown in from Oaxaca. Um, so it's like, it's like it's taking it out of its context. I think having food in context is really good. Oaxacan food is particularly good. Um, I think I mean, every knows there's mole but there are seven different types of mole to try. Um, so there are different, different flavors, different colors, just different, different ingredients, lots of small. I mean, I'm, I went to a restaurant last year and it's, they do a lot of sort of specialties sort of Oaxacan food. And the guy was like, look, we have these bugs, like caterpillars, that only come out on the um, pochote tree at the first rain every year. Do you want them? And I was like, definitely. Um, and they were actually really good. I mean, some of my friends were like, mm-hmm, not so interested. Um, but but they were actually really, really good. And I think I think that's one of the big things about Oaxaca, re- or in Mexico in general, it's really, really good, is that you can go to a, a town, any town, and they will have something different that can be tried in local context. Um, and there's a never-ending supply of really, really good food. And I think in mean, Oaxaca, particularly because of its climax, it's sort of, hot but there's also a lot of water and a lot of rain um is is particularly good for food growing fruit growing cereal growing um so it's the good thing is that Oaxaca is sort of quite sort of self-sufficient in that sense so all the food we get you can you can go out on the street even today and go and buy really fresh food like the little old lady who's brought like the chilies that she grows in her garden and you can get stuff that's really really like fresh and like literally straight off the plant in the morning into your lunch. What advice could you give to someone who is thinking of coming to live in Mexico? Right now at this point? No, <laughs> maybe later, maybe later. Um, in, okay, so my advice then would be, I think, um, learn as much as you can before you get here. Don't come 
and be like that sort of, I don't know, uneducated sort of, I don't like different things, foreigner, which I think happens a lot, um, particularly probably with people who are older, I think. Um, I mean, it's also, I mean, lots of people speak English. People want to speak English. They want to learn English. It's like they want to practice like in any country where English is a second language. Um, but it's also probably useful to have a little bit of Spanish. Something, just be able to communicate because it's, it's, part of like a respect issue i think as well right it's like don't because there are people i know people in oaxaca for example who've been here 20 years don't speak a word of spanish it's like well how how on earth do you survive and how do you how do you function as part of a community here um so i think having learning a bit of spanish is good i mean saying that when i arrived i had so little spanish but i had to learn through necessity i remember one day when water was pouring in through the ceiling it's like well you know what I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to figure this one out on the phone right now. Um, so there, there are there are benefits to learning, as it were, on the job. But it's also good to to have something. And I think just be open minded. It's a different Mexico is a different culture, has a different history, different background. There's no point trying to compare it um, with the UK or the US or Canada, for example. Um, and just be relaxed i think people people who arrive from you for usually or of the americas are really sort of head up and really like like we need to do things now and obviously the mexican ahorita is 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 something like something that you know occasionally causes problems for me as well it's like well that's now right ahorita is now not not like tomorrow now um and it, and it still causes me problems sometimes but i think it's something it's part of the culture it's something that we have to as a, as a foreigner living in Mexico, you have to sort of like get to grips with it. Like people don't work in the way that you work. Um, you're, you have to adapt to their culture, not their, adapt their culture to you. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody once told me that uh, Mexicans run on dramatic time. Oh, yeah. That's a very good way of describing it, isn't it? Let's do nothing until the last minute and then go absolutely insane. That's a, that's a really good way of describing it. Dramatic time. I will use that. How long did it take you to learn Spanish when you, when you came to Mexico? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I think conversationally, I could get by within a year because there was just not, you had to learn like, basic stuff you didn't get through in a year now because you're average, you're average conversation. Um, and then I think I also, I mean, in terms of like, I mean, my speaking is really, I, I speak well. People tell me this. Um, and, but I think my grammar is really bad because I never took any classes. So I, I speak really well without like, like I speak English, I mean, I speak English, but I don't understand the grammatical forms behind why I'm speaking English, um, which is, I shouldn't really say that as an English teacher. Um, but but that, that's how we learn. We learn naturally, right? Um, so, I, so I learn Spanish sort of naturally, I suppose. Um, and that means that my grammar is probably not so good. Um, accents sometimes is also like, uh, I have to try and work out how phonetically the word is pronounced to try and work out where the accent will go. Um, so that, that, that was difficult, but I think, I think within like sort of like three years, it was pretty, pretty good. Um, and, but the writing is always difficult. I mean, we don't write, I mean, unless we're doing, um, unless we're sending an email, we don't be writing. Obviously if you're on an email and you have access to whatever technology you want to try and support your translation, your writing. I remember when I was teaching English, some, some people had quite a hard time sort of letting go and and not being afraid to be embarrassed you know i think that's that's also an important part of this 
I think if you're worried about how people are going to respond to you, then you just say nothing. So you just have to go. It's like, you know what? I don't care what you, what you think. If, it's, if what I'm saying is rubbish, just nod, smile, and I'll go on my merry way and I'll feel happy and I will feel like I've achieved something. Do you have any uh, other projects you'd like to talk about? Well, I have a sort of little language school thing going on. A little, it's like very sort of small group, private class type things, um, which is sort of interesting. Adults, kids as well. So that's nice. And then I, I mean, I also work with um, uh, a magazine. I do translations for a magazine, a little culture magazine here in Oaxaca, which is nice. I've been doing that for, for like almost 10 years. That was really a good way of me learning Spanish, actually. I was forced to be able to do the translations. It had to make sense. Um, so that was, that, was, that was really good um in in that in that sense and it's a, it's a like a sort of Oaxaca tourism magazine so it also allows me to know a lot about Oaxaca about food and tourist places and history and culture and things like that so I, I get a lot of information from that and and then apart from that well I'm I'm leading an i leading a new project in the school which, um which is from the US um the National English Honor Society so we're the only school in Mexico that has this right now and we're hoping to keep it that way um because it's a big seller um and we're doing lots of sort of literary projects with with the kids and things about that so, so i mean i'm i'm a, i'm occupied not enough to ward off the boredom of coronavirus quarantine so i was talking there to christopher lockwood who lives in oaxaca over the course of this series i'm going to be interviewing people from all over the place about their experiences of living in mexico if you live in Mexico and would like to take part, please get in touch by writing to feedback at mexicooverthewall.com. Please support the podcast by giving us a review, which you can do via mexicooverthewall.com slash apple for Apple Podcasts, slash Stitcher for Stitcher, or leave us a review via your favorite podcast provider. You can also support us with hard cash by sponsoring us on Patreon. One of the benefits of sponsorship is that you can get extended versions of these interviews. Go to patreon.com slash mexicooverthewall for more details. That's it for this episode. Hope you liked it. See you next time.